blast off indeed good morning isn't it good to be here amen i am glad that you are here if you're watching online hello and good morning and welcome and we are glad that you are here in the lord's house physically and also with our community in any way that you can be so uh, different announcements going on the month of april we are bringing uh, shower items for our shoe boxes. So, if you have not yet brought soap or washcloths or loofahs yeah, um, or what? That was February. Dental, dental hygiene month. Uh, short cleaning, absolutely. If you'd like to bring other things that you haven't, then you're welcome to bring that. I didn't know what that like water picks because you do that in the shower i don't know um <laughs> I, i'm not sure but um but please do bring those those items any other uh shower items that you can think of that are necessary you can bring those as well as long as it is not liquid so no uh, bubble bath or um or shower gel or anything like that we can't put those in the boxes also, the month of April is all about raining down blessings. We have our umbrella in the back, and that is to add your contribution to our to our fund to help out, which we've already done, and we'll. But Kim and Jason are going to talk about that after a little while. But um, but please do add, and after they get done talking, you're probably going to be excited to add even more and to uh, participate. For next time but we we did that they're going to talk about it and we do want if you can contribute um the the items have been purchased but just paying back into the into the bank account what has been purchased so you've already done so so much and we really appreciate it in two weeks we have first sunday meal it is on may 7th and that is the the first sunday meal that comes between now and homecoming so, <laughs> y'all get ready, okay? Get your, you know, any uh, any special things you want to try, any recipes that you're wondering about, you're welcome to, to make them then and see if they work. <laughs> so, uh, we do want you to be here for that. Bring some people with you. Also, on the 6th, so I went in the wrong order, in, on the 6th, uh, we are planning to have our our Mother's Day ladies um, movie night. We're going to plan it for the 6th. If the weather is not conducive, we're going to scoot it to the 13th. Okay, so that's a Saturday night. Uh, we will, uh, I've been looking at some different foods, so food will be provided, uh, but if you want to bring snacks and things to share, desserts or drinks or whatever to, to share, then we are very happy to have that. That is for the ladies and you are welcome to bring your kiddos with you if you want to. We will watch something that is not cartoon, but kid appropriate, uh, so that you can so that you can enjoy all that together. So bring a chair, bring some snacks. Come on to that event. It's going to be at Sister Vicky's house. If you don't know where she lives, you're welcome to ask her. I will not announce it <laughs> for everybody in the whole world to be able to uh, to find out, but. Uh, any other announcements, we will let you know. Again, continue to remember that homecoming is coming up. We've got some, what? Oh, yes, and before that, before that, we will have a church cleanup day, okay? So it will either be the very end, uh, the very end of May, 
one of those Wednesdays or the Wednesday right before, I mean, either the last Wednesday of May or the first Wednesday of June that we will have our church cleanup day. So whatever is best and we can get a list together of things. So that Wednesday we'll, we'll probably get together a little bit earlier than our regular 7 o'clock. And instead of having our, our classes, we will enjoy cleaning up, pulling some weeds. Oh, my golly. Uh, just the thought, uh, just anticipating pulling weeds, I get so excited. So, uh, I'm for real, y'all. I love pulling weeds. It is, it's cathartic. Just get out there with your, with your gardening gloves on and just start pulling. I, I love it. So, you can't have, Sister Dean and I have that particular job, uh, so the rest of you can't have that. I'm sorry, you're going to have to find something else to enjoy, <laughs> but we uh, we do want you to participate in that, because this is, hey, this is your church, and so upkeep is is part of living, right? Uh, any other, again, any other announcements, we will certainly let you know. I was, um, y- some of you may know Francis Chan, he's a He's a writer. He's written a lot of books. He was a pastor out in California. He has since, um, he has since, I guess, kind of not retired because I don't know that he's, he probably is old enough to retire, but he's, he's, uh, he's a speaker now. He goes place to place and, and speaks. But there was a story told about him that uh, while he was still a pastor, that after service, somebody came up to him and said, um, uh, Pastor Francis, I just want you to know that I, I really didn't enjoy the worship this morning. And he said, that's okay, we weren't worshiping you. So, yeah, like, it's all right that you did. The point is, the point is, whatever we give to God, whether it's this morning, any morning that we give him worship, any time that we give him worship, we need to be focused on him enjoying it. We need to be focused on the fact that we are lifting him up and giving him praise for all the great things he has done for us. So, so whether it is, uh, you know, with the, the, the particular songs that we love or the, the pace or the style or whatever it may be, we got to remember that this is all about giving him our worship and our glory for what he's done. Amen. Let's sing this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we lift you up this morning. We thank you for this day. God, it is such a beautiful spring day that you have given us, and we are so grateful. Father, I thank you that you have given breath in our lungs, Lord, that you have allowed us to be in this place. You woke us up this morning, and and you allowed us to come fellowship with other believers. God, I thank you that you have given us the opportunity to uh, for those who can watch online. Lord, we just give you praise for them, and we just uh, ask you that you would work and move in each and every life that is here today, that is watching whatever time they are. Father God, I ask that your will be done in our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would accept our worship today. If there's anything in our hearts that would hinder us from worshiping you, Lord, if there's a worry or a concern in our mind, if there's a pain in our body that would keep us from honoring you with everything we have, God, I pray that you would remove it right now. Lord, I pray that you would soften our hearts and make us a, a, a vessel that is that is available to you. God, I pray that you would work through us. Lord, that that you would answer prayers today, God, that you would speak to our hearts. Help us to hear and respond to each and everything that you have to say to us. God, I thank you and I praise you for all that you do and all that you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
see is the battle. You see my victory. When all I see is a mountain, you see a mountain move. And as I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And if you are for me, who can be against me? For Jesus, there's nothing impossible for you. When all I see are the ashes, you see the beauty. When all I see is a cross, God, you see the empty tomb. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh, God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I lay at your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh, God, the battle belongs to you. Almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. Almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. And almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you and every fear I lay at your feet. I'll sing through the night. 
starts to break declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus your name is power your name is healing your name is Every stronghold shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over fear and all anxiety to every soul held captive by depression I speak Jesus cause your name is power your name is healing your name is love break every stronghold shine through the shadows burn like a fire. Shout Jesus. Shout Jesus from the mountains and Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. And Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name. Of Jesus Shout Jesus from the mountains And Jesus in the streets Jesus in the darkness Over every enemy And Jesus for my family I speak the holy name Of Jesus And Jesus in the streets Jesus in the darkness Over every enemy 
name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is love. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows and burn like a fire. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is love. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Burn like a fire. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Because I know there is peace within His presence. I speak Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It is your name. It is your name, God. It's your name, God. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Yes, there is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. To break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain. You're the all-sufficient sacrifice. So freely given, such a price bought. Our redemption, heaven's gate. Swing wide Cause there is power In the name of Jesus Yes, there is power In the name of Jesus Yes, there is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. And there's an army rising up. And there's an army rising up. And there's an army rising up. 
break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Cause there is power in the name of Jesus. Yes, there is power in the name of Jesus. I know there's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain, and there's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Because there is power in the name of Jesus. Yes, there is power in the name of Jesus. Yes, there is power. In the name of Jesus, He will break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. We believe that. Give Him praise this morning. He is able. testimony from Friday. Um, so last um, Sunday when Jennifer announced that we were um, being invited to go to some homeless camps, we were at home, me still trying to recover from a stomach bug, and I looked over at Jason, I'm like, oh, we got plans. Yeah. And Jason's like, well, no, we need to go. he's like, we got to pray. He's like, well, as soon as Jason said we got to pray about it, I'm thinking, yeah. oh, we're going. So, so by the time by the time it was over, I was like, "Yes, this, I'll, I've already texted our our friends. Um, they understood we're we're going." So, um, first of all, thank you everybody. Even if you couldn't give financially, um, prayer goes a long way. Um, because if you knew, you know, I me and Jennifer sat down. We had like six items on the list of what we, we wanted to put in the bags. Um, and I and Jennifer's like, just get me a total, a running total. And I was like, okay, it's gonna cost this amount and if we can get if we can get it then we can put even an extra. But then every Sunday um, there was a little bit more money. And I'm like, oh, okay, we can put even another item. And um, 
And so I kind of just wanted, and Jason has a testimony, but I kind of wanted to go over um, just my thoughts on things, and we'll be quick. But um, So growing up, um, our first encounters with, my first encounters with homeless was mom and dad would, uh, every summer, we would go wherever there was a ball game of interest, um, we would go there for a week and we would hit up the ball games that were in the area. But in between all that, mom and dad would take me to, um, we would do something educational in the area. Um, but in, you know, in a lot of the cities we went to, there was homeless. So that's what I knew. I knew people lived in boxes and um, I knew, you know, in my, in my thought process, um, they were um, dirty, they, you know, because over time you'd hear people say, you know, you don't, you don't give money, you don't do that, you don't because you don't know, you know, all these uh, speculations of homeless that society has given, you, you just, that's where your mind goes. And so, um, so recently, um, and I'll try to get through it without getting emotional, but um, I have a, we have a friend, and um, she was cutting, she was cutting my hair. Uh, she had um, we had we knew her from um, our previous church. Um, she cut our hair. Um, she we became really good friends. Um, we already knew that she had been in jail for um, drug abuse, um, but that was the you know you love people through their stuff, so you know it didn't matter to us um, what she had done and. Um, she got married, life was going good, her and her husband had bought a home, um, not long after that the stress of buying a home became too much and she went back to her um, addiction and um, so she's homeless. Well. There were several times Jennifer looked back at me because you walk down this, um, to get to one of the camps, you walk up and down the railroad tracks. And Jennifer would look back, are you okay? Are you doing all right? And I'm like, I'm being broken. Because now I know what she's going through. I know where she's living. You know, when you hear about your friend being homeless, you just think, oh, they're probably hitting up couches and, you know, jumping from person to person. You don't think, oh my goodness, she's out here. And all this filth and all these bugs and you don't you don't think like that. And so I'm just being broken the whole like the whole time. And you walk and you know, you see I'm me, I'm a visual person, so like I'm looking around like everything because, you know, it's like, okay, I'm not I I know this is my first time, but I wanna know my surroundings. I wanna know um and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get personal because we're all adults and here, um, you know, um, we're walking past, you know, personal care items. We're, you know, we're walking uh, past things like that. And so I'm just kind of taking it all in, and um, you know, in the moment you're in there, you're just grabbing stuff and giving to people. Like you don't really have time to just. Like totally sulk into what like process what's going on, but you're just giving. You know, if these people need it, you're giving. 
And um, I still I still remember the whole toilet paper thing because I'm sitting here like. I don't, I mean, I didn't think, oh my goodness, like this bag could have used a roll of toilet paper because if I need toilet paper, you go to the store and you buy toilet paper. Like, it's just that simple. And um, and so we got in the van and we were done for the night and Jennifer's like, so what's everybody's thoughts? And I said, I can go into my cabinet when I get home and I can get toilet paper. I can get a personal care item. I can get that. I'm going to go home to my dogs. I'm going to go home and turn on a light. It's hot out here tonight. I'm going to go have, unless Landis just totally fall apart um, and the power all went out, I've got power. You know, I've got a bed. not worried about a blanket. One lady specifically asked for a blanket. And I'm just sitting here thinking, I got 15 sitting on my couch. Like, you know, just simple stuff like that. And, um, and so... It's just, it's something different. It definitely puts things in perspective of what we, what we do have. Um, because, you know, I, I even thought, you know, if Jason, so we're just a one home income right now. And I thought, but even if Jason lost his job, we still have like six months. We would still be okay where these people don't have that. You know, I, I mean, I have so much stuff at home I can just sell and still be, we can still be good. And so I just feel like definitely this is something I feel like is very passionate about for me. I hope that this is something that our church can continue to do, not just through this month. Um, I do have, like, the wheels are turning of things we could do that, because I know money's tight. I know each of us have our battles, but I do think there's things we could do to help and provide um, because reality is um, so and then I'll let Jason speak but reality is I have mental health issues I've been embarrassed about it my whole life but here we are and um, there's people out there because they're in my position and they don't have nothing to do they can't work they can't do anything there's people out there that have lost their jobs. That's all they have. They didn't have nowhere. They didn't have a friend to stay with. Um, there's some people that literally want to be out there because that's what they're comfortable with. Um, it's just such a, I think everybody in this room, you could think of that one thing that you're, you fear or you're scared of. Um, that's something, that's the one thing that could get you home, that could cause you to be homeless. Um, I know it shook us up, like, it just really shook us and, and just gave us a whole different perspective of what people go through. It's not the person that you can't give money to. It's not the people that, um, you know, you need, like, it's not the guy in the box. It's, they're people, they have names, they have families, um, you know, the guy said, um, which is something I've just really taken to heart, you can't go and you can't grab everybody. You know, you want to. You want to just take everybody home and give them a place. But the, the goal is to make their lives a little more comfortable till they can get on their feet. Because a lot of, you know, there are just as many that are comfortable out there. There are some that really want to 
get out of this situation. Um, but I'm going to let Jason. Yeah. And like you drive, like I'm a truck driver, and like I drive in Charlotte, and you don't realize where the homeless people are. And like driving over bridges, like I can think now, I can drive where I've been driving, and I can pray for those people that I met because I drive right past them every day. Like I can pray for them. Because prayer will help. Amen. And because, like, I was thinking about it, even because we went Friday, you know, when it rained Saturday. One of the guys, we gave him a tent. He didn't have one. You know, his tent was broke. He needed a tent. And then it rained Saturday. And if he wouldn't have had it, his stuff, things would have been worse. But because we were there to help, he, he was able to make it through the night. Yeah, and there is a few people that, um, and I don't normally, and I'm not one that normally get, you know, that prays out loud with, you know, but then I felt, it's one of those things that, like, you do it, God will lead you. And I ended up praying for one guy named James that it, I've not forgot about it since then. And then there was, a, there was another guy that was a truck driver, just like me. I was homeless, lived what you know, just just off the streets where I drive. That he used to drive up and down the whole East Coast, and homeless now. Just. Um. So I guess what I'm saying is, um, what we're saying through all this. Now that we've had everybody cry, um, and we got a good crying. Um. There are some pictures from. Okay. So this is. I brought the bag, but this is um, what everybody was able to distribute. Um, and so, I mean, this is a lot. Um, for instance, the bug repellent was the most expensive thing, but but it's such a blessing because we were able to get enough for 20 bags. So we were able to put 20 bags total together. Um, but everything here is something that Jason is Jainer. 
Make the offering quick. <laughs> Welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. It's time to receive our tithe and offering if our usher will come at this time. Thank you for all that you do and for all the gifts that you give us. We really do appreciate it. God blesses our church. If you know how much every week the deposit is and how much we give in, thank you so much for what how God blesses us. Brother Joyner, will you pray this morning?
good to be here. I enjoyed uh, going out with these folks right here on Friday night. It was a good experience. I've done it before in Tennessee with Jack and them, and it's it's a moving. It'll it'll make you it'll make you feel so good inside when you're done. So I normally I just think about the Friday nights I used to have <laughs> going out, and I spent this Friday night with them, and couldn't have been happier. So I encourage you to go if you're able next time. It's it's a good it's a good experience. With that, now it's time for prayer request. Do you have any this morning, Gretchen? Let's pray for Gretchen's friend at school. The Lord knows. And let's pray for Pop Pop's back. Sister Judy. Yes, let's pray. Let's pray the Lord will protect and work in her daughter's and her grandchildren's life. Sister Judy. Rhonda? And who's this? Let's pray for Leah's brother-in-law who's in a motorcycle accident, pray for a miraculous recovery in her life, let's pray for, you said Tommy, Tommy's ex-wife, his family, pray. motorcycle accident. And this time of year, a lot of motorcycles go out. So pray for everyone riding. Pray for everybody. Pay attention. Be careful. You never know what the driver in the car is going to do. So just pray for everyone. Anyone else? Sister Kim.
cancer, China growth, his wife, complete healing. And you say that was your nephew's girlfriend who was sick. Let's pray, pray for healing in her body. Sister Hagar. student Gretchen School for healing in his body. Brother Mike. Yes, let's pray for Brother Mike's family. That's it. I'm sorry, Amanda. Jason's mom, who's still struggling, healing in her body. If that's it, uh, unspoken request, raise hands, stand with me as we take these to the Lord this morning. There's a lot to pray about. Hallelujah. 
ownership.
Amen. So, good morning again. Hello and welcome if you are watching online. And uh, <laughs> I've just been asked by a couple of people if I plan to preach um, as long as y'all fellowship. But hey, whatever, whatever. We'll see what happens. Yes. Thank you. Um, so, well, y'all enjoy yourself. So, we continue to consider health and wellness as it relates to our relationships. Okay, you found it. I, I was just making sure you found it. Um, even those impossible ones. Last week we talked about impossible relationships, uh, and we asked a few questions. When, when we talk about those, you know, loving our enemies and praying for those who despitefully use us, and all these questions come up. Number one, do I have to want to? Well, uh, yes and no. You have to. You have to want to obey the word of God. But you don't have to um, initially want to love your enemy. You just have to obey, and then oftentimes feelings will, will come. The second question was, how do I see God? So if I see God as someone who is uh, hateful and always wanting to point out my flaws and only looking to, uh, to punish me, then I may have that same kind of attitude toward people. But if I realize that God is love, and that he has called me as his child to love others, that I have to reflect who he is. And the third, third question was, why should, I, why should I love my enemies? Why should I pray for those who despitefully use me? Well, one of the things is, those who have hurt us are not coming back to heal us, and they may never get prayer from anyone else. So we may be the ones who are standing in the gap to bring their needs to God. That's why I should do this. Because for whatever reason, God saw that situation and allowed it to happen. And now something good is going to come out of it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. And I'm going to supplicate for those people who have hurt me. So today we look at a familiar story from possibly, hopefully, a new angle. So the question would be, First of all, do, do you have boundaries? Boundaries. Yeah. See, but this is a... I, I, I wrote all this down. I studied this a few weeks ago, so the Lord knows things, right? How well do you set boundaries? Are you a good boundary setter? And maybe some of you, you good, you're good at setting them up. Like, yeah, these are, these are my boundaries. But then the next question might would be, how well do you stick to the boundaries that you set. You're not a good boundary. I'm a good boundary setter, but not a good boundary sticker. But we're going to talk about that today. So we're going to be in Judges, in a few different chapters of Judges. There is a lot of scripture, but it's all going to be on the screen. But if you're in Judges, you just flip back and forth. So we're going to begin in Judges chapter 13. So the nation of Israel was in a transition time. In almost every single chapter of Judges, there runs a theme. So the people had been delivered out of slavery in Egypt. For 40 years, they had wandered around the wilderness under the uh, direction of Moses. And he was hearing from God. And then when Moses died, Joshua was, was brought up to lead the children of Israel. And, and he led them across into the promised land. And for 
for years, he was the one. He was their leader. And while he was their leader, they did right. They obeyed. They were pretty much following the law that God had given them. But as soon as Joshua died, things just started to go downhill. And we see throughout the book of Judges that people sinned and did evil in the Lord's sight. In fact, uh, Judges, we're not going to turn there, but if you want to write it down, Judges chapter 21, verse 25, sums it up the best. It says that in those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. <laughs> well, that sounds a whole lot like now. Well, we see that within the entire nation, people were following this pattern of if it feels good, do it. They were struggling with setting boundaries. This type of living had gotten them into a mess. So the people would sin, and they would be overtaken by their enemies, and then they would cry out to God, God, please deliver us, and God would send a judge to deliver them from the hand of their enemies and they would serve God for a little while as long as that judge was alive and then that judge would die and the cycle would continue and they'd go right back into doing whatever they wanted to and then being enslaved we see that throughout the entire book of Judges so once again we're at a place that God is hearing the cries of his people and he is going to raise up a judge. So God appointed a judge and this one he set apart from before his birth. So we're in chapter 13 to begin and in this particular chapter there was a man named Manoah and his wife. We don't know her name but they had not been able to have children. Well, an angel of Yahweh and this is a Christophany, which is just another a fancy word of saying we see Jesus in the Old Testament. Uh, if you read through, and I encourage you to, not right now, but <laughs> but uh, please do read through uh, chapter thirteen because you see evidence that this is Christ. Uh, one of the things, and it was it was neat. They ask him his name. They ask the angel his name because the wife sees this angel first, and he gives her some instructions, and then he leaves. And she tells her husband about it. And then the husband says, well, what did he say? What about this? What about this? And he's asking for details. That's odd that the man was asking for details. It just struck me. But he starts asking for details. And they're like, well, we're going to pray that the Lord sends this angel back. So they pray. And we see in verse 8, it says, Then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, Oh, my Lord, let the man of God which thou didst send Come again unto us, and teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. So this angel appeared, and the angel comes back, and he tells Manoah some things, and, and they ask him his name. And he said, why do you ask me my name? It is a secret. And in the, in the Hebrew, that word means wonderful. My name is Wonderful. We know that that's one of the names of Jesus. So he comes, he comes back and Manoah says, please tell us, please give us some instruction about how to raise this child. Because if this child is going to be special, this child has a purpose 
And we need to know what to do. So the Lord spoke and said, well, while your wife is expecting, she is going to be required to follow Nazarite restrictions. And when this child is born, the child will be a Nazarite for life. Now, a Nazarite vow was something that it was a, for a period of time, it was kind of like a fast, a way to set yourself aside to either give the Lord thanks or pray for a specific thing. But again, normally it was just for a particular time period. The word Nazir in A-Z-I-R, from which Nazarite comes, means set apart. But Samson, Samuel, and John the Baptist were all lifelong Nazarites. So the rules that applied to Nazarites had to apply to them for, for their entire lives. The boundaries of a Nazarite vow were no consumption of alcohol, no wine, no liquor. They could not even have vinegar. They could have absolutely nothing that came from the vine. They had to leave their hair. They could not cut it. And they could have no, <laughs> unless it fell out, you know, and that, that, that's, they couldn't help that. They could have no contact with a dead body, whether it was human or animal. So these boundaries would have been placed upon Samson from the time that he was born. And they were accompanied by a special anointing for strength. But then we see in chapter 14, Samson has grown up a little bit. In verses 2 and 3 of chapter 14, it says, And he came up and told his father and his mother, and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. <clears throat> then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren? Or among thy, all my people, that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. So here we see that Samson has become self-indulgent. So there were particular boundaries that were placed upon Samson because he was, not just because he was a Nazarite, but also because he was a Jew or Hebrew. He was one of the children of Israel. He was not supposed to marry a foreign woman because she would encourage him to worship idols. So his mom and his dad say, well, Samson, I'm sure there's a nice-looking lady around the Jews, that you know, somewhere in the tribe of Dan. Doesn't have to be a close relative, but, you know, someone nice from, from Dan, someone from another one of the tribes. Can't, can't we pick another girl? And Samson replies, get her for me because she pleases me. <laughs> Anyway, Lord help. So his parents, again, they, they object and they 
attempt to dissuade him, yet his emphatic tone indicates that he's kind of spoiled and indulged and that he's going to have his way or else. Now, you, you don't have to read it right now, but verse 4 says that the Lord used this desire of Samson because God was going to use him to attack the Philistines, which, which is encouraging because even in our self-indulgence, the Lord helps us. He does. Thank you, Lord. But then we see in verses 5 through 9, Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnath, so they had done what he asked, and came to the vineyards of Timnath. And behold, a young lion roared against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he rent him as he would have rent a kid, meaning a young goat, not an actual kid. And he had nothing in his hand, but he told not his father or his mother what he had done. And he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. And after a time, he returned to take her, and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. And he took thereof in his hands and went on eating, and came to his father and mother, and he gave them, and they did eat. But he told not them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. So this is great, and this is the kind of thing we think about Samson. He was super-duper strong, and he encountered a lion. This lion came up to Samson, and he, with his bare hands, he grabbed that lion, and he ripped it in two. And that's what we rejoice in. Samson is fantastic. Wow, it's amazing, the, the power, the strength of Samson. But see, he did this while he was in a vineyard at Timnath. In Philistine country, in a vineyard. And he's a Nazarite, so he's not supposed to have any contact with any fruit from the vine. So even if he was just there, just gathering grapes, he was not supposed to be there. There were boundaries on his life. And if he had not stepped beyond his boundaries, he would never have encountered the lion. He would never have been in danger if he had stayed within his boundaries. Hmm. He kept this hidden from those who were closest to him. And sometime later, Samson went back to the vineyard to see the carcass of the lion. So, so he went back to the vineyard where he wasn't supposed to go, and he had contact with a dead animal that he wasn't supposed to touch. And he scooped honey out of the dead animal. Bless him. Come on, Samson. You need to have some boundaries. But he didn't tell his parents. He shared the honey with them. And they ate. Oh, this is delightful. This is great stuff. But he had broken boundaries over and over and over again. So in the course of his life, and again, I encourage you, I'll probably mention it in the newsletter, 
to encourage you to read these chapters because it really tells a lot of great details about the life of Samson and the, the things that he did, his exploits. He was a very interesting character. So we see some highs and lows of Samson. Things like uh, he became angry and rejected the woman that he had insisted upon marrying, this girl from Timnath. At their wedding ceremony, he gave a riddle. And uh, I won't reveal to you, y'all got to read it, but gave this riddle. And he said, I will, you know, you guys have to pay me if you can't figure out the riddle, but I'll pay you if you do. So through the entire week of their of their wedding reception and, and party, she just kept on, tell me what the riddle is. Tell me the answer. Tell me the answer. Please tell me the answer. You don't love me. Tell me the answer. And he got aggravated with her to the point. He told her what the answer was, and she betrayed him and went and told her family and then he had to pay him back. Okay, so again, I'm, I'm revealing the story, but y'all got y'all to gotta go back and read. It's great stuff. So later on, he uses the jawbone of a donkey, a dead animal, to kill a thousand Philistines. He solicits a Philistine prostitute from the town of Gaza. Now, that wasn't against his Nazarite vow, but, you know... I'm sure the Lord wasn't pleased. Um, the, the boundaries of the Nazarite law and the law of Moses were broken time and time again and disregarded by Samson. Often he would hide what he had done, or he would do it in the dead of night and leave no witnesses. So he was breaking boundaries, but he didn't want anybody to know. I'm going to keep this quiet. I'm, gonna, I, I'm sure that if, if no one else finds out, it'll be okay constantly breaking boundaries, putting himself into a position to displease the Lord or to get physically or mentally, emotionally, spiritually hurt. But time and time again, we read that the mercy of God, the promises of God, the faithfulness of God kept coming through for Samson. The Holy Spirit would come mightily upon him and it would enable Samson to defeat his enemies he would become really strong when the power of God came on him and he would wipe out a thousand at a time. But then his issues began to catch up with him because even though the Holy Spirit was upon him in those times, it didn't mean that Samson was healthy. And it didn't mean that he was setting the right boundaries. And it didn't mean that God was okay with it. It's just that God is faithful to his word. He said, if, if Samson has this long hair, I'm going to make him strong. And because that boundary hadn't been, hadn't been severed, because that boundary line had not been crossed, God was faithful to his word. But then, in chapter 16, he loved the woman. Starting with... We're going to read through a lot of verses, but again, I'm going to read them to you, and they're going to be up on the screen. So starting in verse 4, it says, And it came to pass afterward, this was after he went to a prostitute's house, it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. 
And the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and said unto her, Entice him, and see wherein his great strength lieth, and by what means we may prevail against him, that we may bind him and afflict him. And we will give thee, every one of us, eleven hundred pieces of silver. And Delilah said unto Samson, Tell me, I pray thee, wherein that great strength lieth, and wherewith thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. Bless him. <laughs> you know what? That should have been a red flag. Anyway. Um, and Samson said unto her, If they bind me with seven green widths, and that's, that's ropes, okay, with seven green widths that were never dried, then shall I be weak and be as another man. Then the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven green widths, which had not been dried, and she bound him with them. Now there were men lying in wait, abiding with her in the chamber, and she said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he brake the widths as a thread of towel that is broken when it touches the fire. So his strength was not known. And Delilah said unto Samson, Behold, thou hast mocked me. And he told, and told me lies. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith thou mightest be bound. Again, red flags. And he said unto her, If they bind me fast with new ropes that never were occupied, then shall I be weak and be as another man. Delilah, therefore, took new ropes and bound him therewith and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And there were liars in wait abiding in the chamber, and he brake them from off his arms like a thread. And Delilah said unto Samson, Hitherto thou hast mocked me and told me lies. <laughs> y'all enjoy my dramatic reading. Uh, okay, here's the thing. If y'all if y'all get the... Um, the U version Bible app, the New Living Translation, and you let it read to you. The man who reads it reads it just like this. I love it. So I'm just, you know, feeling. Thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Tell me wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, If thou weavest the seven locks of my head with the web. And she fastened it with a pen and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awaked out of his sleep and went away with the pen of the beam and with the web. And she said unto him, How canst thou say, I love thee, when thine heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me these three times and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death. Okay. Y'all men may understand. This woman about to worry me to death. And that was how Samson was feeling. So going way back to, to get a little background about what is going on here. So he loved this woman whose name was Delilah. Now Delilah in in the Hebrew means feeble. So this feeble woman brought down the strong man. She was from a place called the Valley of Sorek. Now, Valley of Sorek means the place of choice vines. Again, he loved a woman 
who was from a vineyard. A Philistine woman. So again and again and again, he is breaking the boundaries. The things that are supposed to keep him safe, he is breaking them time and time again because of his personal desires. Samson was not supposed to be in this place. The enemy of Samson, the the Philistines, they used her as a way to attack him. So whatever affection she may have felt for Samson, one way or the other, was overshadowed by 140 pounds of silver. So you talk about worth your weight in gold. Samson was worth his weight in silver. So she keeps asking him, Samson, how can you be bound? And see, it's my belief, and we we think about this, we hear this story, we read it through, just like I did, and again, it's like, red flag, red flag, why is this woman asking this question? But I think that maybe she was saying it kind of teasingly, oh, Samson, you're so strong. Y'all forgive me if I, you know, (laughs) a little uh, dramatic reenactment, Samson, just look at these muscles. I don't do that to you, baby. Your muscles are really big. Um, for real, for real. Y'all don't touch them, okay? It's, no, but they are very large muscles. Um, no, babe, that's not true. That's not true. But she, she, I believe, in my mind, he's there with her every day, and she is, she's touching his muscles. Damn, and you're so strong. Tell me why it is that you're so strong. And this is an indication that she, she's asking him, how is it that you're so strong? Maybe it was not visibly obvious why he was strong. Maybe he wasn't a really big guy. And everybody knew about his strength. So it was kind of, kind of strange to look at him and think, wow, he can kill a thousand Philistines looking like he does? See, that's not you. You could kill a thousand Philistines just like that. But I... In my mind, in my mind, she's, she's just, you know, caressing his muscles. Tell me how you're so strong. Tell me how it is, Samson. And you, uh, you know, in his manliness. Well, you know what? If, if there were seven ropes that were green, hadn't been dried out yet, seven ropes, if you tie me up. I'll be, I'll be weak. I'll be putty in your hands. You go right ahead. And so she ties them up. And again, I, I think it was kind of a teasing thing. Because again, this is the way their boundaries get passed over. A lot of times, it's not an obvious choice that we're making, but little by little, slowly, we creep closer to the edge of our boundaries. And then it's really easy to just take one more step. So he said, if you just tie me up with with these seven ropes. And she tied him up. And again, I can imagine because her name means feeble. So she's just playing it up. Oh, I'm such a weak little woman. And let me see if I can tie up big and strong Samson. She ties him up. And he, oh, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. If, If they were, what would you do? And he breaks the ropes like nothing. Samson, you were just teasing me. Tell me, 
tell me what what can we tell me what can be done to to bind you what are the boundaries that could tie you up tell me well okay if you if you bind me with new ropes so you tried the seven green cords that didn't work try try new ropes tie me up with with new ropes so chat him up samson what if i told you the philistines were upon you what would you do pop the ropes and everything was fine samson i cannot believe that you have acted this way to me again you tell me you love me and all i wanted i just want to be close to you i just want to know you better oh my <clears throat> I just want to. I just want to get to know you. That's all. I don't understand why you're being so secretive with me. Why you're keeping all these walls up? Just tell me the secret. He says, "Okay, the seven locks of my hair." Now that seven, he told her seven green cords. Interesting. He said, "Weave these seven dreads. These seven dreads of my hair." Bind them up in your in your weaver's loom. Bind them up and and twist my hair around and stick the weaver's pin in it. I'll be just like any other man. So she weaved his hair in, and then it says that he awakened. So I don't know if she. It, it doesn't make any sense how to me how she would get him to lay there and right there with her weaver's limb. I mean, wouldn't you think that you'd hear it scraping across the floor? I don't know. This part is... So it, did she lay him there at the weaver's loom and say, I'm just, let me see what happens? See, that's the thing. The enemy will encourage us, just lay right here. Just, just... I, it's okay. It's fine. Just do this little thing. Just do it. Just, we're just playing. It's just... You can get this close and it's all right. So what did she do? Lay him down beside the weaver's loom and start braiding his hair into the loom? How close can you get? And when he awakened, he pulled the weaver's loom apart. He took the pin with him. His hair was still intact and his strength was still there. And time after time, he would tell her something different. She kept asking him to put his boundaries aside for her benefit. How can you say you love me if you won't do this? How can you say you love me if you won't allow me to get closer to you? If you won't allow me to know you like this? How can you love me? And each time, he kept inching closer to the truth. Do you notice that? The first time, he said, those seven ropes and then we learned that he had seven locks of hair he told her bind up my hair in your weaver's loom every time his boundaries would get lower and lower every time he would he would allow her to get closer and closer to the truth and each time he escaped believing it was all a game oh she's just teasing she's just messing it can't be that bad to not have these boundaries. It's okay. I do love her. Then we see in verses 
17 through 20. And he told her all his heart. That, that's so heartbreaking. And he told her all his heart. And he said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the Lord of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he hath showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand. And she made him sleep upon her knees. And she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she, beca- she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. And, he, and she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. On and on and on. If you love me, you will. If you love me, you will. If you love me, you'll. If you love me, you'll set aside this boundary. If you love me, if you care anything about me, you wouldn't have this boundary up between us. And then he shared his heart. He let down his boundary for one who was unworthy of that level of vulnerability. And she called for Samson's enemies to come attack. And shave him and bind him. Sadly, when he woke up, he believed that he was unaffected. I'll shake myself. I woke up. I'll shake myself as before. He attempted, not knowing that Yahweh had left. I feel just like I did. I've been getting so close to the boundaries that it hasn't really affected my heart. I feel the same way as I did before I went to sleep. I've been getting so close to these boundaries that it didn't really, it hasn't really affected. I wake up and I feel the same. So why are boundaries good? Well, life would be chaos without boundaries. Absolute chaos. I'm a boundary kind of person. I really enjoy them a lot. (laughs) Rules are great. Think about the the lines in the road. You know, they're important. Those are boundaries. Those lanes. If we didn't have them, if you've ever been to India, it's kind of like that. (laughs) Just drive wherever. (laughs) Uh, So if, if there were no lanes, if there were no boundaries on the road, it would be unsafe. Think about where the the shoreline and the water are delineated. What happens when when the boundary is crossed? When the water comes across that boundary line, there are floods, tsunamis, there's devastation. It tears things down, tears it apart. People get killed when there are no boundaries. 
Boundaries are a gift from God to keep us safe. I can tell you from experience working with second graders, boundaries are important and they, they help to keep a child feeling safe. When they understand you can go this far but no further, it makes them feel safe. I have seen it with my own eyes. I have witnessed it, that, that it creates a feeling of safeness. Okay, well, I, so I know, I know how it, so some of those kids, they get right up to it. Okay, I can go here and no further. You know, those kids are like, yeah, we're going to dance on the boundary, but we can't pass it. But then there are some who are like me. Like, okay, well, that's the boundary, so we're going to stay really far away. We're going to stay right over here where I can see it and keep you in my sight, boundary. But it's, it's a level of safety. So how do we set boundaries? I keep saying the boundaries, boundaries. And the thing is, sometimes we want to set them. We're like, yes, great idea, boundaries, woo but we don't really know how. Like, I want to be able to say no to certain things. You know, when, pe- when I feel like people are using me, I want to be able to say no. But then what? Because we've been taught that boundaries are selfish. If I say no to this, then, then I'm, I'm being mean. That's not nice. I should just do whatever they ask. But that's not healthy. It's not healthy. It creates a codependency between you and that person that they always have to have you to do things for them, but also it puts a whole lot of stress on your heart and mind that you always have to show up even when you need rest. Okay, I always need to show up for this person instead of saying, you know what? We're going to set some boundaries. I'm going to say this is as far as I'll go. And you're, you're welcome to come along with me. But this is as far as I'll go. Boundaries. So there are a few things that we can see through this that might help us. So number one, align your boundaries with God's. That is super duper important. Align your boundaries with God's. Notice that the first thing that Manoah and his wife did when they learned that they would have a child is they prayed. Lord, teach us how to bring up this child. This child has a special purpose, God. How do you want me to set boundaries for this child? That's important. To see what God says about a certain situation, a certain relationship. If, you, if you're in a situation you've never been in before, that's the perfect time to pray. And say, God, what kind of, what kind of boundaries do you want me to set for this? How far do you want me to go? Or how far away do you want me to stay? So they prayed, God, I know that there's a purpose for this new thing that's being birthed. I know that there's a purpose for what you're doing within me. So God, what are the boundaries that you want me to set for this thing? What are the boundaries? What are the barriers that I need to, the boundaries that, that I need to set up for my children? If you're involved, and we were talking about this Wednesday night, if, if you have any children in your life, this is super duper important, setting up boundaries. Because if they're, if they're allowed to just jump off the boundaries, it's unsafe. 
That's why at the edge of a cliff, you know, a lot of times there's a, a barrier there so you don't fall off the edge. You've got to do it. It's super important. It's tough to do. It's tough. But you've got to do it to keep them safe. So we pray, God, what do, you, what do you want? What boundaries do you want for this particular relationship? What boundaries should I set for my children or the kids in my life? What does your word say about how to be safe and live in the purpose that you set aside for me? See, your boundaries do not have to line up with mine. Okay? What? Yeah. Your boundaries do not have to line up with mine. That's okay. There are some things that you can do that I can't do. I, just, I don't feel safe. I can't. You know, we were talking about um, you know, going, to the, going to the homeless encampment. If you don't feel safe doing that, don't do it. That can be a boundary that you set. Like, I, don't, I just don't feel like I'd be safe. I don't feel like I'd be comfortable. That's okay. Throw some money in the umbrella. Um, that's, it's just a, a good example. So there are things that I can do that maybe you can't do. And that's okay. There are boundaries as long as they line up with God's. See, a long, long time ago, and it was, it was to help people, to encourage people in, this, in the early holiness movement that we say, okay, these are all the boundaries. We're going to make a list of them. These are all the boundaries, and thou shalt not any of these things. So there were things like you can't drink Coke out of a bottle and you can't wear uh, short sleeve shirts and you have to have, if you're a lady, you have to have really long hair and preferably put up, you know, the higher to heaven, closer to God. And for, for women, you have to wear the skirts and for men, you have to wear long pants all the time. And it was to help people stay close to God but then it became like a prison to bind people up because people began to think, I don't know that I can live up to all of those expectations. There are so many things I can't do. I don't know if I can live up to that. So they became discouraged. And that's the thing. If that is still your boundary, you are welcome to keep it. Absolutely. But regardless you have to have boundaries that line up with God. Align your boundaries with God's. So you need to, we need to discern and not excuse. Oh. So see, Samson knew what his boundaries were supposed to be, but he got caught up in his own desires and looking at what everyone else was allowed to do. Because not everybody else was an Azurite. He had been set aside from birth. From, well, even before he was born. His mom had to take a Nazarite vow for those nine months. He was set aside. So sometimes we look around, well, I can let people do that and I can't. Well, favor isn't fair. <laughs> there are some things we're going to have to leave behind. There are some things we're going to have to say no to. Because I belong to the Lord and I feel like the Lord doesn't want me, me, to do that. I'm not trying to put anything on you. You and the Lord talk about that. But for me, I can't get that close. That's too close. I, I can't. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to step aside. I'm going to have to put a boundary there. 
The second thing is understand the value of what you're protecting. Samson's parents began by setting boundaries for a gift from God. They had waited and waited. They wanted a child, and finally he was there. They heard this promise from God, you're going to have a child. And they said, well, God, we want to protect this. We understand that what you're giving us is precious. The gift that you have for us is precious. The purpose that you have for us is precious. And God, we want to protect it. We want to keep it safe. Again, this is why we must set boundaries within our relationships. Parent-child relationships, romantic relationships, friendships. We have to set boundaries because that, that relationship is a gift from God. But it has to be protected. It has to be protected with boundaries. These people are on loan from us from the Lord. And one day we're going to give an account. We're going to stand before God and he's going to say, why did, why did this happen that way? Why did you allow this? Well, God, I thought I was doing right. I didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I, I didn't want to upset him. But was that helping them? Or did it hurt them through codependency and hurt you mentally? We've got to examine these things. They asked the Lord to help them set boundaries according to purpose. God, what is your purpose for this relationship? Help me to set safe boundaries around it. There were boundaries on who Samson could have been in relationship with. There were supposed to be. That was to protect his heart. But he had an issue setting boundaries with women, and that led to his ruin. I like this girl. She pleases me. She looks good. I like that one. Get her for me. Well, she she's not a she doesn't even follow Yahweh. She she prays to a, an idol. I like her. Get her for me. And sometimes our desires will cause us to cross a boundary that we don't need to. Got to get that in check. God's word does not say if it feels good, do it. We see all these signs that say, do what makes you happy. But I've seen other ones that have that word marked out, and do what makes you holy. Because, see, the thing is, and I, I may preach and develop a whole big message about this, but the thing is, when we receive Christ, we are made new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. So the old way is done. The new way is, is the way that we ought to live. And the reason for this is because God will also create a new heaven and a new earth. And we as new creation have to be ready and available to live in that new heaven and new earth. We have got to live godly. We have got to live heavenly types of lives while we're here. So God sets his boundary for what is acceptable behavior, and we cannot just ignore it and stay saved. 
We must see the value of what God has placed within us. What I have to offer is so valuable that I can't just be throwing it out to everybody. I got to have some boundaries. And again, that may seem selfish. It may sound selfish. But think about this. If you're constantly giving out and you never get anything back, you're going to get drained. You're going to get tired. You're going to get burned out. You have got to set some boundaries. If you say, this person makes me crazy when I'm around them, then it may be time. <laughs> I'm going to just take a little step away, and I'm going to pray for you. Every time I think of you, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to ask the Lord to bless you and send you a new friend. And it's okay to do that. Okay? I give you permission <laughs> to tell some people... I'm just not prepared to be a friend right now. Unless it's any of y'all who are my friends, and then you can't do that. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> I get all these texts. I'm sorry, I cannot be your friend right now. Um, you are a little too much. But we are able, we are allowed to set aside. I'm j- I, need some, I need some time to get with me in the Lord, to get right there. I, I need some time to mentally... <laughs> I can't, I can't constantly be handing out money to you. Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know where that came from. I, I can't constantly be bailing you out of situations. It's okay to set that boundary. It's okay. Boundaries are godly. It is not selfish to say, I will go here and no further. I will love you. I will pray for you. I will bless you in Jesus' name. I will not talk junk about you, but I cannot go any further in this relationship. That's okay. Because what you have to offer is valuable. And you can't just be throwing your pearls to the swine. You can't just be throwing it out for them to trample on. You can't just be surrendering your heart every time for it to get bound up. So I can't just watch any old thing. I can't just listen to any old thing. I can't just be a part of any old thing and stay sane in my mind. There are some boundaries there too. I'll tell you, and I'll, uh, this is a personal uh, uh, time of confession. Now, the warmer weather is coming, and I, I listen to Love. Yes, uh, we listen to uh, godly Jesus music. I love praise and worship stuff, Brandon Lake. But but as it gets warmer and Shane's parents have a pool, sometimes we, okay, every time we're out there, we listen to country music. So it's great at the beginning of the summertime. Like, oh, yeah, I like this person. They got a good song. I like this song. Oh, yes. But eventually, toward the end of the summer, it starts to work on me. Like, oh, they're singing this song about how much this man is, and I think I've said this before, that man has wrote, wrote a song for his wife about how wonderful she is and how much he loves her and how every day he's just so thankful for her and Jane has never written a song for me and maybe he doesn't love me. So it weighs on me, okay? I'm saying there are things like that and so that's a boundary. That I, Yeah, if you, uh, if you are withholding a song, I'm going to be very upset. Um, so, but that's the thing. 
And you guys may be able to listen to anything you want to all year long and you are not affected by it. But I'm saying that for me, that one season of listening to something different, it starts to weigh on my heart like, oh, okay. Maybe I'm, you know, don't hang the stars and hypnotize the moon. I don't know. It's a really old one for any of y'all who listen to. But that's the thing. You have to, again, your boundaries don't have to be mine, but they do have to line up with God's work. So I cannot just give my heart or my physical self or any part of me to any old person. I can't do it. I cannot do that and keep self-respect. I cannot go any old where and stay satisfied in my relationship with God. It just won't happen. So my mind is too important. My body is too important. My self-esteem is too important. My purpose is too important to not set boundaries. Why do we use a safe? Keep things safe. It's behind a big, heavy, locked door that someone has to have a combination to. That's not being selfish to not throw our money all on the ground and say, okay, I'm going to trust y'all not to come take this. That's kind of dumb, right? I'm going to put all my valuable jewelry, I'm going to put all my shoes out in the yard. And I, y'all look trustworthy. I think that I'll be able to leave all this stuff out here and no one's going to come and get it. No, that's dumb. When you have something valuable, you keep it safe. We lock our doors because we, we don't know who we can trust. We put up a fence so people don't get in our yard. There is nothing evil about that. There is nothing wrong with that. You set up those boundaries for a purpose. Those boundaries are godly. It protects what's valuable. And the third thing, if someone disrespects the boundary, they are the problem. If, someone dis- if you have set a clear and respectable boundary and someone violates that boundary, they're the problem. You are not. There were people in the life of Samson who kept pushing him toward the edge of his boundaries. Though That first woman from Timnath, Oh, if you loved me. Well, I hadn't known you very long, girl. Well, if you loved me, you'd tell me what the secret of the riddle was. And he told her, and she betrayed him. She told all her brothers what the secret was. And then Delilah. Oh, Samson, please tell me. Please tell me what the secret of your strength is. And she pushed him and pushed him and pushed him and bugged the mess out of him day after day. Drove him crazy. But she was the problem because she wouldn't respect his boundaries. When you have put up healthy boundaries, there may be people in your life who get upset. You used to bail me out all the time. I can't do that anymore. I used to be able to do this. That's not healthy for you. I'm sorry. Well, we used to go here together. I'm sorry. I can't do that anymore. Well, I used to be able to say this and act this way. I used to be able to manipulate you. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. They probably won't say that. But that's what they mean. I used to be able to get you to do whatever I wanted you to do. Oh, that wasn't healthy for me. And that wasn't healthy for you either. That was codependence. 
Yeah. That was control, and I'm not going to have that. I'm sorry. You're the problem. It's not me, it's you. So when people can no longer manipulate you into doing what they want you to, they realize that you've realized your self-worth. When you begin to recognize, I'm worth more than that. I deserve better than you treating me this way. When you want them to move to a higher spiritual level, but they're just stuck where they are. Well, you are different. You've changed. And like Dr. Darius says, you haven't. So I'm just going to keep going. And you catch up if you want to. There are times that that will happen. That those will try to shame you or guilt trip you into letting down your boundaries. I can't believe you're treating me this way. Yeah, well. Until you can get healthy, we probably just need to stay apart. Understand that just as it happened to Samson, if you do not set your own boundaries, the enemy will set boundaries. He will bind you. He will bind you to the point that you do whatever he wants you to do. If you don't set those boundaries. So, healthy lives and healthy relationships must have boundaries. They're godly. If you've never set any boundaries or you're not sure how to do it, not sure how to get back the boundaries that you allowed to go down, remember these things. To align your boundaries with God's to understand the value of what you're protecting and that if someone disrespects the boundary, they are the problem. So this is something I just really want us to let sink deep because this is a problem. This is a big problem. That there are, there are some people who have, uh, who have strong boundaries and that's great. And then people guilt them for it. Or you may have had boundaries and you let them down because you felt guilty. But I encourage you, boundaries are godly. So as we pray, you just, uh, as the music plays, and as we pray, as we go to the Lord in prayer, that he would help us to set godly boundaries, to understand the importance of boundaries, to realize that that's something that he set up. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy, your blessings, and your grace. God, I thank you so much that you set boundaries. God, in the very beginning, you said that the seas could go here and no further, that the land could go there and no further. Lord, you created boundaries for the the morning and the nighttime. God, boundaries are part of your original plan. You set boundaries when you would not want Adam and Eve to eat of the tree. God, you set those boundaries from the very beginning. And Lord, from the very beginning, we've been pushing against them. Either wanting other people to take their boundaries down or feeling bad because we have any. God, I pray that that feeling will go away right now. God, that you would work within our hearts to help us to see, to help us to understand that we have to align our boundaries with you. God, that whatever your word says, that's how far we can go and no further. Father, I pray that you would begin to work in our hearts that If there are things that we need to lay aside, any weight or sin that would easily beset us, if there are any things that we need to to put away, a boundary that you'd like us to go a step further, 
Lord, because you have a new purpose for us or you want to bring us deeper with you, I pray that you would speak to hearts right now and that you would show them those things that they need to get rid of. And those places that they may say, well, that's not a sin. Well, it's not a sin, but I want to get closer to God. That's a boundary that I need to set to say, I, I can't do that. I can't do that and keep my sanity. I can't be around this person and keep my sanity. I can't go to this place or listen to this and keep my sanity. God, I pray that you would help us to, to get to that place of surrendering to you. Father God, I ask you that you would help us. That you would help us to have strength as we're setting up these boundaries to realize that what we're protecting is precious and important. Lord, to not allow our relationships to go any old way, but to say this is, this is what we need to do. This is how we need to pray together. This is how we need to be in relationship one with another. Help us to see the value of what we are protecting. To understand that we will one day stand before you and give an account for everything that we have done. God, to see how important it is to set boundaries now so that the enemy won't put his boundaries on us. That he won't limit us. In Jesus' name, we just say, take the limits off. If anyone has been bound by anything that the enemy has tried to put on them, bound by anxiety, bound by depression, bound by feelings of of low self-worth. God, whatever boundaries that the enemy has tried to put on, boundaries of lies that he has said you're not good enough, you're never going to accomplish anything, we speak against those boundaries in Jesus' name to say they are lies of the enemy, that they don't have to be part of your life. We call those away in Jesus' name. God, I just pray that you would help us to see and recognize that that the boundaries we set, we are worthy of respect. That anyone who's trying to push against them, that we have a conversation with that person. Say, if, you have, if you're going to stay in my life, I, I can't have this. I can't do this. And if you keep pushing, I, I'm just going to have to step away. God, help us just to realize that that's okay. That what you've put within us is, is worthy of that. God, I pray that you would give us strength, encouragement, help. Show us the right way to go. God, we just praise you. We thank you for your word. I pray that you would plant it deep within our hearts, that it would just continually grow, that it would come back to us, that the remembrance of this would come back, and that we would see places, see places that maybe we've gotten too close. We need to step back. God, reveal to us, show us. Jesus name and I just thank you so much for what you do for your word for everything I praise you Father I speak now over your people may Yahweh bless you and keep you may Yahweh make his face to shine upon you may he be gracious to you and may he give you his peace in Jesus precious name